Chargers head coach Brandon Staley announced on Monday that the Chargers special teams ace and cornerback Ryan Smith has torn his ACL and is now out for the season, but he did seem optimistic that the Chargers might get linebacker Kenneth Murray back this week, which would be a boost for the Chargers defense, but Sante Samuel Jr. is still in concussion protocol, so we're going to get into that, but we also are going to get into what went right and what went wrong today, and it's great because a lot went right for the Chargers. Definitely going to be the longer of the segments, including, you know, the offensive line, Justin Herbert, a couple of standout players defensively, and we'll get into what went wrong as well because there's definitely some things the Chargers need to clean up, but I'm Daniel Wade. That's David Drugmeyer. Let's go ahead and get into it. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and thank you for making us your first listen today, giving you all of your great Chargers content. And if you haven't already, make sure to go subscribe to our Locked On Chargers YouTube page, and also make sure you follow wherever you get your podcast from. That's the only way to make sure that you guys never miss a show. But like I talked about on today's show, we have to start with a big injury for the Chargers. Ryan Smith, a guy who helped out on special teams and has been having more of a role as a cornerback with some other injuries for the Chargers, is now done for the season. The second torn ACL after Odea Bushi. So we'll start there. But then we're going to get into what went wrong from the Chargers game because there were some things, David, that need to be talked about. I mean, Chris Harris Jr. obviously had a very rough game. The Chargers run defense, while still not, you know, disastrous like we've seen in other games, still isn't looking good, you know, outside of a couple of players. But then, as always, we're going to wrap the show up with some really nice things, and there's a lot to get into, including, you know, like I said, Justin Herbert, the offensive line, played really, really well. I mean, have to talk about Limbaugh Joseph in yes. his game. I mean, that was somebody I definitely had highlighted from this one because you're white. Even Joey yes. Bosa having a couple of moments. Special teams is something that went right Special in Special teams, so, man. Not something we always get to talk about in the what went right segment. And, I mean, let's just be happy we get to do that because the last couple of games are so poor. It's like, do we want to just rehash all the bad things that the Chargers did in the last game? But, Let's start with some bad news here, David, because Ryan Smith was definitely a positive player for the Chargers. He was injured and missed some games early in the season, so I'm not sure we ever really got to see how that was going to pan out this year as far as him being a special teams ace, which is what he was brought in to do after doing that for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the last few seasons. But it really puts them in a tough spot now, David, because Michael Davis and obviously Asante Samuel Jr., who we'll get into, did not play. So he's been playing cornerback for them as well. So this is definitely a loss that is you know, at least plays a factor. Yeah, it's it's tough for Ryan Smith and for the Chargers because the Chargers brought Ryan Smith in to make an impact on special teams, which was a good sign because the Chargers had one of the worst special teams units in NFL history last year. So bringing in a guy specifically to impact that area of your football team, I thought was a, a positive step. And also for Ryan Smith, I, I think that this was an opportunity for him to get on the field more as an actual cornerback and, and really play his position in the NFL. And uh, unfortunately he, he gets hurt in this game and he, he's going to be done for the year, which, which is sad for him because I thought he played decently as a corner yeah. and there was nothing uh, on the special teams unit that made you think, Hey, that, that was something that he messed up. So uh, yeah, it's sad for Ryan Smith, but uh, hopefully he recovers quickly. Yeah. And I think as far as, you know, his punt coverage, which is something he was known for as well as a gunner, he definitely was, a lot of times the first guy down the field. 
even though, I mean, some of those plays, at least surrounding him, it wasn't a lot of great coverage leading to some gaps that led to some big returns. But it's nice, you know, when the Chargers don't punt like they did in this game, they don't have to worry about it often. But it is a loss, and I think it's just magnified because of the two losses of the Chargers starting two cornerbacks, Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr., who are gone for different reasons. But we don't really have any other reason to think that they're going to be back this week as of yet. I mean, the Chargers had a day off, an extra day off. Brandon Staley's first, right? The whole locker room celebrated when they found out they weren't coming back till Wednesday. So we don't know until then who is going to be back on the field. Potentially, you know, it maybe Michael Davis's hamstring is getting better and he's able to practice to some extent this week. Obviously, he's not on injured reserve. So you'd think he's going to be back within that three-game limit. So it's either this week or next week, you would hope. And that hasn't always been the case. We saw it with Justin Jones. But realistic, you know, reason to be hopeful that he could play in the next two weeks. Hopefully it's this week because they have a couple of really talented wide receivers that we'll get into later on in the week that they're going to be going up against. But Asante Samuel Jr., according to Brandon Staley, according to Gilbert Manzano, and thanks to Gilbert Manzano, Fernando Ramirez, Daniel Popper for putting out some Brandon Staley quotes because the Chargers aren't making these Monday Zoom press conferences always available to the public, right? So thank you guys for that. This is another one, David, where, I mean, it's not surprising. And I think the only positive part of this is since it's a concussion, and obviously that's terrible, you know, brain injuries are bad. Like what Joey Bosa's comments were last year when he was going through that. I mean, it's definitely can take you to a dark place mentally and just totally make you out of it. And obviously with the ramifications of playing such a dangerous sport like football, obviously something you had to be concerned about. But physically, you know, below the neck, He's physically fine, right? It's not like he has a pulled hamstring like Michael Davis. So if he is able to clear concussion protocol, if he is able to come back on the field, potentially, maybe you get to see him come back quicker, David. And I think it'll come down to kind of like just Brandon Staley with the concussion, still need to see him out there during the week, getting reps and practice as the you know number one corner, or a starting corner for the Chargers to get on the field on Sunday against the Vikings. Yeah, first and foremost, obviously, it's about his health, about yeah. his brain health. That is unquestionable. So we have to hope that, you know, he does get cleared and he's able to go back out there. But, I mean, he has to be 100%. And, I mean, that's why they have those independent neurologists on the sidelines to look for those type of things to protect these guys. Because, obviously, as a football player, you want to get out there and you want to play. I mean, we all want to play. We're, we're always going to say we're fine, no matter if we're we're really killing. You can't leave it up inside. to them. Yeah, yeah exactly. You can't so leave you it up gotta, to the player. You got you to gotta take it out of their hands. And hopefully best case scenario is that Asante Samuel Jr. gets cleared on Wednesday. He's able to come back to practice. He's able to get into the game plan and he's able to play on Sunday. But I mean, yes, this is a nice little respite for his his legs, you know, and he gets uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully he gets cleared and he's able to get back on the football field. Yeah, because I mean, he's been a ball hawk, right? He's a guy that yeah. makes plays on the football. Even the play that he got his concussion, it was because he was diving out. And, I mean, was so far extended, he didn't have anywhere to brace his fall and ended up hitting his head on the turf is how he ended up getting that concussion. But, like, he is such an important part of this Chargers defense already. And I think you saw with a lot of easy completions that were given up on Sunday when the Chargers took on the Philadelphia Eagles. But the other news that we got was Kenneth Murray, right? Kenneth Murray is going to be back at practice this week, according to Brian Staley. He might get activated since he is on injured reserve. They would have to activate him off of injured reserve, right? And then he'd have 21 days to go play. But if they activate him, right, that means that he's going to be probably playing. There's no point to use a roster spot on him. So we'll see this week. We'll know if he's going to play. I think David, the hard thing is just, you don't really know what to expect, right? I mean, yeah, you didn't play particularly well early on in the season when he was healthy. 
now he's, you know, had a couple of stints or had to miss a lot of games, you know, a major portion of this season already. So I think it is just another weapon. And I think now that Brandon Staley can kind of work him back into it and not just hopefully, you know, hand him the starting role. He can get in more situationally where he has a very clear goal of go in and get the quarterback, go in yes. and do this, go in and be a run stuff or whatever the case is. Hopefully that helps kind of the reaction time. That was a struggle at some point. It's just hard to know what to expect. Yeah, I've said on multiple occasions, I hope that the Chargers take this time to reinvent Kenneth Murray and really turn him into a pass rusher. And I, I think that would be a huge boost to this team because outside of Joey Bosa and occasionally Drew Tranquil, you're not really getting very much production from pass, a pass rusher outside of those guys. So Kenneth Murray has shown in college he is more than capable of doing that. And last year when they decided to blitz him, he got home or he got close. I mean, he is a guy who who has those instincts, who has that feel for rushing the passer. So I hope that they give him a lot more opportunities to use that part of his skill set to impact the defense. I mean, I don't know if I'm going – I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I'm going on on him just as a pure edge defender just because I don't know if he can hold up at the end of the line of scrimmage like that when he's going head-to-head with a left tackle on every play. I mean, I just don't know if I've seen – like I just feel like he'd probably get blown out uh, if he was a full-time edge defender, I mean, as far as using him situationally, just as a guy who's going to attack the quarterback, I could definitely get behind that. I mean, I think that is a place where he has abnormal athleticism that he could put on display there and he could be a factor there. But playing off the ball so far hasn't been great for him either. So at least giving him a singular focus, I do think would help him be faster, play you know less with his head and just kind of react to things. And I think that's when he's at his best and he's beating lineman to the play right he's beating the pulling guard he's making plays in the backfield it's been very far and you know few and far between but you have seen those flashes and it's almost always with him being aggressive going downhill not going into coverage and other things that having to be a linebacker on this team calls for right so it'll be interesting to see and i think maybe now that they have seen this rotation with kazir white and drew tranquil and don't want to mess with it too much you'll see him more situationally which i do think could help him right and maybe he gets some confidence from that. Maybe you start seeing him build some momentum going towards the end of the season and he can become an impact player, which you kind of need him to be as a first-round pick. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you, you need him to be more impactful than he's been so far. And obviously, that's a little unfair because he's been hurt so much of the season. He hasn't really had the chance to kind of work through those things. But we do have to talk about what went wrong in this game, and he wasn't in this game, but some things still went wrong, including Chris Harris Jr.'s rough day and some other things that we have to get into. But before we get into that, I have to tell you guys about something very exciting. That is the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. I mean, right now, guys, it's a great time to buy Built Bars because it's always a great time. Right now, specifically, though, they're releasing new flavors you know, every three or four days this month. I mean, limited time flavors all the time. Every time there's a new flavor, me and David get excited. I mean, they always hit and then you just get upset when they go away. You're like, maybe, you know, they just need to make this an all the time thing. And then there's a new one and you're like, okay, now this is my new favorite. So Make sure you guys check out the new Built Bars. You're not going to get something that's chalky or waxy. I've had those so many times I instantly stop eating them, even if it fits on my diet. You can have something that tastes like a candy bar while getting something that does fit on your diet because it's low carb, low sugar, high fiber, and most importantly, high in protein. And you're going to like the way it tastes, which is an important part of eating a protein bar, right? If you're having a snack, you don't want to have to have something that you're going to have to choke down. And when you're going and you know celebrating the holiday season, I guarantee you a built bar, you know, might keep you from eating that extra piece of pumpkin pie, which is going to be like an extra 
500 calories. So check out Bill Bar, guys, because it is the best protein bar out there. And Black Friday is coming up, and they're doing some big Black Friday specials. But I can even save you guys some money right now because if you go to Bilt.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15, uh, all caps, one word for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, David, well, you know, it's not as bad to talk about the bad stuff when you know you have good stuff on the horizon. Absolutely. But there's still obviously, when the game is as close as this one was, some things went wrong because the Chargers offense played pretty much lights out. I mean, obviously, a couple times you turn the ball over on dams. That obviously sucks, right? But at the same time, you pretty much move the ball on every drive. You didn't have to punt during the game. That means some of the bad things are probably going to come from the defensive side. And one person that's been getting a lot of heat, David, is Chris Harris Jr. And for the you know back-to-back games, maybe even before that, had a really tough game. And it sucks because for him, you know, specifically just because like the spotlight is on you and you get beat for the touchdown that, you know, ties the game in the fourth quarter. That's really tough. And it just seemed like the throwing windows for Devontae Smith, which Chris Harris Jr. shouldn't be matched up with Devontae Smith. It's easily their best, you know, wide receiving option. I would have liked to see more of Tavon Campbell on him in this game specifically, just because I think he's played better than Chris Harris Jr. But well, and he has the, the speed same, too. He has the speed for sure. And obviously Chris Harris Jr. at his age doesn't have the speed to keep up with burners. Not that Devontae Smith is one, but obviously you saw the windows of separation, David. So it was easy to see that Chris Harris Jr. was not having a nice game out there. No, not at all. And and the fact that he wasn't even really close on most of these. Like it, it was, it was bad. Like Easy honestly, I probably could have went out there and made those receptions with how much space Chris Harris Jr. was given Devonte Smith. And here's the evidence: four catches, four targets, eighty yards, and a long of twenty nine, and a touchdown. He had a very, very bad game, and it sucks because he's on the wrong side of thirty. He's not going to get that speed back. So. The Chargers really need Asante Samuel Jr. to come back and be healthy and reclaim his spot uh, as that you know slot corner and that outside corner because that's when the Chargers defense is at its best. Yeah, and I mean, I think the hard thing is it's just if it was him in his prime, you just assume he's going to bounce back, right? And I just think at this point of his career, it's hard with the last couple of seasons and the injuries that he's dealt with. I mean, he didn't have to deal with a ton of injuries in his career. He barely missed any games in his time with the Denver Broncos for like 10 seasons, right? But he has had him the last couple of years. He's missed more games than he had in the rest of his career combined. And that obviously takes a toll on you. We don't know if he's truly playing at 100%, right? And those injuries and stuff like that, they just seem to linger a little bit more with the older that you get, obviously. But it sucks because they really needed him, right? They really needed him to be the guy that he was with the Broncos, right? The guy that could kind of take on the role of having to take on bigger assignments when guys go down. And it backfired against Devonta Smith for sure. I mean, he just got toast too many times by him. And that was just another thing that went wrong as well. Just made it way too easy on Jalen Hurts in this game. I mean, 11 of 17, obviously you want to make him throw more than that, but 9.5 yards per attempt is really, really bad, David. What do you want to get to next for your next thing that went wrong for the Chargers? Well, I mean, this isn't really on my list, but I mean, besides Joey Bosa, very little pressure. I mean, I think that what you just said just kind of brought that up for me. Jalen Hurts was able to scramble all over the football field and had plenty of room. I mean, it was a huge part of of their offense, but I mean, as far as something on my list, it's, it's very little production behind Austin Eckler uh, at the running back position. And part of that is they're not getting a lot of carries. I mean, you can't really fault Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly for that, but 
the the opportunities that they are getting, they're just not doing very much with it. And Austin Eckler already called out on a press conference, hey, I need someone to step up behind me and, and really take a hold of that running back two position. And we just have not seen it up to this point. And it is affecting the Chargers rushing offense. It's just not very effective when Austin's not on the game. Well, it makes sense why they like Justin Jackson so much, right? Even though he gets injured as much as he does, he obviously brings an upside that when he does hit, he can hit a 75-yard run, right? And yeah. be explosive in that sense and make people miss. I mean, let's be honest, the Chargers running game in general was what went wrong on Sunday against the Eagles because yeah. none of them ran well. Austin Eckler, I mean, 17 for 59, averaging three and a half yards per carry isn't great. The offensive line against a defensive line that wasn't very good at stopping the run Obviously didn't, you know, perform that area, but obviously that opened some things up for Justin Herbert in the passing game when you're completing 84% of your passes too. So, I mean, before Austin Eckler had that last run, he was averaging 2.7 yards per carry and neither of the guys behind him were averaging more than two yards per carry on their, you know, only four carries, but the Chargers running game just still inconsistent, not something that can be relied on. Definitely not a big part of their identity. At this point, we talked about, you know, the Chargers kind of finding their identity there. And I think as far as the running game goes, it's still, you know, they're not giving up six yards per carry, David. But on those long drives, I mean, letting them run the ball 22 out of 25 plays in that first half. I mean, to really take control and take momentum of that game going into halftime, it's still an issue. Yeah, it's a major issue. Absolutely. Because and you're lucky you're, you're lucky the Eagles didn't run the ball from the jump. You're lucky that they had a couple of passing attempts early on and and they didn't it didn't click for them. Oh, hey, if I run the ball, I can get whatever I want on the ground. I can stay ahead of the sticks. I can keep my offense on the field. I can score touchdowns because that's what they did with the running game. And it didn't really matter who they had out there. The offensive line for the Eagles was blocking exceptionally well. At least it looks that way because the run defense of the Chargers is, is very, very bad. It's atrocious, right? Yeah. So uh yeah it's it's a major problem and they're going up against another team this week who has a, a all-star running back in Dalvin Cook and and it's not going to get any easier right I mean even though there's not a lot of teams that can expose you the way that the Browns and the Ravens did like it doesn't really need that I mean the Patriots were a decent running team right and they still ran it 40 times right pretty much the Eagles ran it 40 times against you the Ravens ran it about 40 times like the rushing attempts over the last four games are like over 150 in the last four games. That's how often teams want to run against you. It's going to be the game plan for other teams for the rest of the season. I had put that out there during the game. Like it's an obvious glaring weakness, but in this game, four and a half yards per carry, you can live with that, especially when so much of it is scrambling. But I think the bigger thing is keeping contain. Joey Bosa had one that was pretty bad. I mean, I think even if he goes after him and, has He's a better angle. Him. It's still probably 50-50 whether it gets enough of him to bring him down there, you know. Yeah. But and Brands Daily talked about the fact that there were some misholds as well that obviously played a huge factor. Kyler Fackrell had one that he was obviously blatantly hold, held. Joey Bosa had some of the same stuff. But the run defense, it's showing that it's better and not atrocious, I mean, over the last couple of weeks. But teams still, I mean, are not going to have to put the ball in, you know, Jalen Hurts in this situation's hands or – Kirk Cousins and make Kirk Cousins beat you, right? And that is going to be the game plan that the Chargers are going to want to, you know, perform against some of these lesser quarterbacks coming up on the schedule, right? And that's going to be a game plan at certain points. We'll see how much they can, like even a team like the Broncos, right? Like the Broncos aren't a super explosive running team, but like when they're on, they look really good, right? You saw it last week against Dallas. 
that's a problem when you don't have to make Teddy Bridgewater make all the throws down the stretch to beat you, you know? So that's yeah. just where I think it comes up later in the season. But there was one player I thought stood out in a big way against the run, and that's, you know, metaphorically and literally. And that was Limbaugh Joseph, who was a brick house and was just slamming people down onto the turf and made most of the Chargers positive plays in the running game. And that's what you need. You need at least some positive plays as your run defense. So we're going to get into him and all of the rest of the things that went right for the Chargers on Sunday against the Eagles coming up right after this. First, I need to tell you guys about an app that anyone who needs to get gas needs to know about, and that is the GetUpside app. And the GetUpside app is a free app that's going to save you money at the pump. I mean, you can take a look at what the gas prices say on the board, which are obviously atrocious, and you can take it 25 cents off of that. And if it's your first time, you can take even 50% off of that when you download the free GetUpside app on the Apple on the App Store or the Google Play Store, you guys can get that there. Save money on gas. I mean, it's not a hard concept to figure out, guys. If you use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. The nice thing about it is there's no catch with a get upside. If you want the money out that you're saving, you can get it right out to your bank account. You can get out in gift cards to Amazon and other brands. You can get out on PayPal. There's, it's really easy, and I think that's the thing. is When you want to get your money out, you want it to be easy, and everyone wants to save money at the gas pump. Like There's literally no downside with get upside. So make sure you guys check it out. Make sure you start saving money on your gas and use the promo code touchdown all caps to get that 50 cents per gallon back in cash back on your first fill up. All right, David. Well, now we get to get to the positive side of things here. And so much went right for the Chargers in this game. Where do you want to start things off? I mean, Justin Herbert was fantastic, but a major reason why he was fantastic was because the play calling was fantastic in this game. Really, really loved what I saw, especially on the rewatch. They got Herbert and rhythm a lot. They moved the pocket for him. They uh, really attacked the outside throws. That was clearly part of the game plan. And they used that to just beautiful effect, uh, effectiveness. It doesn't, didn't matter what side, the left side, right side, the flats were open all day long. They used the tight ends. They used the running backs. They used the wide receivers. They attacked that, and it was fantastic. They stayed ahead of the sticks, and Justin Herbert played one of the best games of this season because of it. Yeah, I mean, probably one of the best games of his career so far. I mean, completing 80% of your pass at 84%. You get three total touchdowns. You go over 350 passing yards. A QBR is not an easy stat to have a high number in. It only goes up to 100. He was almost 94 in that game, which shows you, I think, how good he was. Also used his legs a little bit in this one, got the rushing touchdown, was super decisive. But yeah, I mean, Joe Lombardi, after taking a lot of flack over the last couple of weeks, I mean, I always knew that you had to see a bigger sample size, right? Like, you can still yeah. be frustrated and know it needs to get better and also admit that it can get better. And that's what I talked about. You know, we talked about this last week. I was like, with the way Brandon Staley is, like, do you not think at some point these guys are going to go into the same room and kind of hash things out and say, this is what I need and this is what has to be better? I mean, Brandon Staley put it out there. It took some time to kind of come to fruition, but I think we saw that. And one of the ways that they specifically attacked the weakness was the way they used the tight ends, David. And I, we talked about it yesterday, but can't be understated what those dudes did. I mean, every pass that was thrown their way, even the two-point conversion to Jared Cook, they each had a very well-rounded game, right? I mean, each it wasn't like one dude did it all. Jared Cook, four catches. Parham, three. Steven Anderson, four. Nice screen passes to get them in the open field. Yes, I mean, yes. We were talking about it like... There hasn't been a game where Justin Herbert's had more easy passes. Like, he made some tough passes as well. But Joe Lombardi got him a lot of easy looks, and especially those tight ends who were just dominated in the middle of the field and really the dominated. Steven Anderson game. touchdown was a gorgeous call where they just sneaked him right into the flat, to the right side, and 
Justin Herbert hitting him on the move. It was just a beautiful play. That that's what you want to see in the red zone. Those type of plays, it seemed like they it seems like they always work. Yeah, especially when you can line him up at fullback like he was on that play, right? I mean, because that's the thing. Everyone thinks he's going to block. He leaks out into the flat, and the linebacker can't recover in time. Justin Herbert has an easy throw, where even if there's immediate pressure, the play set up where he can buy himself a little bit of time if he has to outside of the pocket. But that was great. I mean, I also thought the first and 15 after the penalty where they you know ran the play action to the right side, came back to the left side and found Steven Anderson in the flat for a little screen pass to pick up, you know, I think it was like 12 yards, something like it was that. Fa- a fantastic play call, man. Just yeah. another one. When they didn't let the penalties and the bad running attack set them back, right? I mean, when they did have a bad rush, when they did have something that pushed them back a little bit, they always made up for it on the next play. They had a play to get that yardage back and then some. And yeah, really, they weren't in third and long, like at all, the whole at game. All. No, they were never in an egregiously third and long situation. I think maybe their longest was a third and eight, I think, for the whole entire game. So, like, they didn't have to punt. And obviously, when you're in that situation, you're getting yards on third down. You're come, you know, getting to the point where it's a pretty realistic shot for you on fourth down. And we saw them go for them fourth down four times in that game. That's another thing on the last drive. Brain Steeler going for the win, right? I mean, I think it's just it's so easy to get caught up in him always doing it. And like, I just, we can't take that for granted how aggressive he is, especially late in the game. Well, and the chargers did what they had to do. They held the ball at the end of the game and they milked that clock all the way down to where there was two seconds left. And you saw how important that clock management was. If you watch this Monday night football game, when the, when they scored late, I was like too much time. You left way too much time on the clock for the Steelers. And guess what? They come back and they get the win. That's what the Chargers did not do. They bleeded, they they bled the clock effectively, took it all the way down, and they were able to score. But and and, and win the game. But they didn't settle. About, yeah, they didn't, yeah, they settle, didn't settle for. Oh, we're going to take a forty-five yard field goal and give it to them with two minutes left, or we're going to kick a fifty-yard field goal. It's like we're going to get closer and we're going to run some more time down. You know, right? That, which was yeah, beautiful. Uh, exactly. And, Speaking of beautiful, one guy you talked about at the beginning of this segment or the end of the last segment was Linval Joseph, and and he popped all over film to me. I mean, whenever the Chargers made a good run stop, it's because big Linval Joseph was in the middle of that. He had oh, yeah. eight tackles and seven stops. He had a, a, a PFF grade of 85.2. Linval Joseph turned back the clock and was a menace in the run game the entire game. Yeah, and a lot of the Eagles' rushing yards, I mean, Jalen Hurts was coming outside of the pocket, right, when they couldn't keep contain. That's not on Linval Joseph. It's not Linval Joseph's job to chase him around out there, right? But Linval Joseph, I posed it. I mean, it's just like you just love the way he finishes too. Like he's just slamming running backs into the ground, like just does not care at all. He's violent. You're not getting extra yards after contact with Linval Joseph. And the running defense wasn't good, and that's the thing. But like, the average yards per carry for the Eagles wasn't great, but a lot of that was from, you know, just a handful of plays from Limbaugh Joseph specifically, who was shutting it down within two yards of the line of scrimmage. And when you can do that, now you're in second and eight. Now you don't put them in an obvious running situation. It set up an easy third down, and it just changes everything from that standpoint. And that's what the Chargers need. Like, we know there's probably not going to be a point this season where they're a dominant run defense. I mean, I don't even know if you have to put probably in there, right? You yeah. only have what you have so far. They might have some good games, but you're not going to get an elite unit at this point. So if you can have plays like Limbaugh Joseph made, I think that's what really, you know, ends up making you be in these games and get you those few key stops 
gets you off the field a couple of times, sets up a couple third and longs, and that's all worthwhile. And I think Joey Bosa earns a shout-out in this game because when you think about this game specifically, the Eagles didn't score on only three of their possessions. Every other possession that they had, they scored, right? One of those possessions was a sack where Joey Bosa knocked an offensive lineman into Jalen Hurts. That's a punt, gets the ball back to the Chargers. The other one was, in their own end zone, Joey Bosa getting to Jalen Hurts, not letting him scramble, and actually starting a tackle in the end zone, but making them have to punt it from their own end zone. That was two of the three times that the Eagles didn't score where Joey Bosa was the determining factor in that. So I definitely thought he really deserved a shout-out there, but so do the special teams, David, and that's another crazy thing that we're talking about in this one is that the special teams were a positive for the Chargers. And, I mean, even Brain Staley in his press conference was like, I think he said it was the first time this year he could say that like their special teams unit was like a, an obvious positive, right? Which is saying something. And he's not lying. He's yeah. not lying. And when you look at it, I mean, when you look at the numbers, Andre Roberts just did so much. And we talked about it yesterday. I told you, you know, he gets a 39 yard return that leads to the last you know, eight points for the chargers. They get a touchdown. They get a two point conversion there on the first drive. You know, there was three scoring drives that started with returns by Andre Roberts. It was the 10 yard return. He had on a punt return back to the 38, right. And started them deep in Eagles territory already. I mean, starting on the bonus side of the field after that punt where Joey Bosa got the tackle on Jalen hurts. He also had a 29 yard return into 39 yard return. Obviously Dustin Hopkins deserves a lot of credit as well. Special teams winning you the game there and the kickoff coverage, David. I mean, it just, we haven't seen a well-rounded performance like that in a long time. And that was with Dustin Hopkins missing a PAT. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also I want to highlight some of the just smart plays by Andre Roberts too. I mean, there was a punt where he told everybody to get away from it. And that ended up being a smart play yeah. and him just picking the right lanes and there being lanes for him to run through. Right. I mean, that I think also has to be highlighted by the special teams unit. Also had some ferocious tackles like the the one Nas got. That that one was fantastic on, on the sideline. Yeah. He laid that dude out, and that's on the, the fifteen yard line too. Yeah, on the fifteen yard line, and that's the thing is you didn't give up any explosive returns either. I mean, it was just a very well rounded performance. And oh, by the way, you have a kicker that makes a twenty nine yard field goal that seals a victory for you as you know, the clock is about to expire. So big plays by the special teams all around. And just to be able to sit here and say that the third phase of the game actually helped you win the game. That's not something that we say a lot about the chargers or just that they were the definitive better unit in this game. Right. Yeah. I mean, their special teams were better than the Philadelphia Eagles special teams. I don't think I've said that a single time this year. I mean, I think there's been times where like, it wasn't a disaster. Is that a yeah. win? Maybe. You know what I mean? But, like, it was an absolute boost to them. And, I mean, to see two midseason acquisitions for the Chargers, you have to, you know, give credit where credit is due there. I mean, the Chargers brought in Andre Roberts and Dustin Hopkins. They didn't settle for K.J. Hill yeah. and Tristan Viscaino as much as they publicly said that they, you know, were with them. They didn't. They went out and got proven guys. And I think especially for kickers, like Dustin Hopkins talked about it, it's worse when you miss the PAT and you don't get another shot in the game. Yeah. Then you have to sit with it. Instead, he gets to go out and hit a game-winning field goal. That builds confidence. It's his second game-winning field goal so far this season already. And I think that was part of the reason, at least from the Washington football team fans' perspective, is he missed some big kicks for them late in games. Yeah. It's going to happen to every kicker. That's a huge boost for the Chargers, no matter what the distance Absolutely. is on that. But. David, we also had to talk about the offensive line. I mean, Storm Norton, oh, yes. only one pressure allowed in this one. 
we knew it might be a bounce back game because he's still doing that every other game thing. He's a, a decent tackle, but like huge hats off to him. I mean, the one pressure he allowed was Justin Herbert getting into the end zone. I mean, it was a quick pressure. Justin Herbert just ran away from it and found a lane to get into the end zone. But the entire offensive line as a whole, although it wasn't a good run blocking game, I'm not going to, you know, go as far as to say that they did some nice things there, but like pass blocking wise, Justin Herbert's throwing the ball, you know, 40 times, a couple of them were scrambles, but 38 pass attempts there. And you're only giving up a few pressures, David. That's huge. Your offensive line played phenomenally in this game and the left side of the offensive line, the stars again, and Hey, the right, the right side also played exceptionally well. And, we were very concerned, as we are going into every game. That's been Eagles, a good addition, man. I'm yeah, he's been, he, he's just he's a bring your lunch bill to work type of guy. He's going to show up, get your job done, and then go home. That's what you can expect from Michael Schofield, and that's been good. It's a good stabilizing presence to have next to Storm Norton, who is a young tackle in this league. So I, I definitely think that can't be understated. But the offensive line was phenomenal, and Rashawn Slater is such a treat, man. Like he is just incredible to watch. And the fact that you're not even really looking at him like a tackle anymore, a a rookie tackle. You're looking at him just as a left tackle because the dude is that good. He removes opposing pass rushers from the game to where they have to go to the other side because they're not getting anything against him. He's, He's that damn good. The offensive line was fantastic. And I have to highlight Keenan Allen, too, before we get out of this show. Keenan Allen, back to being Keenan Allen, 12 receptions, 13 targets, over 100 yards. That's the Keenan Allen we know. That's the Keenan Allen we expect to be here week after week. And who has shown himself throughout the last eight years? That's the Keenan Allen that we like to see. Yeah, and he got involved early. Credit to Joe and Marty with that. I mean, four receptions on the first drive. You can't be much more active than that. Obviously, you hope it ends in a touchdown. And Darius Slay made a hell of a play on that one to take that away. Credit to him. But at the same time, he got going early and it never really stopped. He had a lot of big catches. And even the ones that didn't you know, turn into big plays for him, they were making a conscious effort to get him the ball in space and let him run with it. But I love that. I mean, the offensive line, going back to that, I think having that strong left side is so important for Justin Herbert because yeah. he knows, all right, at least the pressure I expect to come is in front of me, right? If it's yeah. Storm Norton, at least it's in front of me there. I can see it coming. And just for him to be able to know that somebody's not going to slam into him from behind and knock the football out of his hands for the most part because you have Filer, because you have Rashawn Slater, who has put such high expectations on himself, right, because of how good he's played. That's so huge for a quarterback like Justin Herbert, and you saw him flourish in this game with the time. He absolutely torched the Eagles' defense, and that was absolutely huge. But Amen. Really, and, I mean, I think just winning these one-score games, I mean, going back to it, obviously, like, that's just such a big thing. And I just think when you look around the league, right, like, you're going to have to win games like this. These games always come down to being close. I mean, you look at the Falcons-Saints game. I mean, it's a two-point game. You look at the Bills-Jaguars. Like, they had plenty of chances down the stretch to go win that game. I mean, it was a 9-6 to game. Like, no matter where you look in the NFL, like, these games are always close. You How many times did the Chargers lose this game in the last three or four seasons? I mean, it's hard to imagine being confident that they would ever win them, being yeah. in those situations. And now, for this season specifically, 4-2. and two right in those one possession games can't understate how big that is and you just love it like the way these guys react with brandon staley the way they want to go win it for brandon staley who put together i mean did what he could i thought defensively in this one too i know nick sirianni the eagles coach said like he didn't think that brandon staley had a call left on his play sheet just because it seemed like they threw everything at them in that game so 
Brand Staley, another thing that's still gone right. And I think, you know, the people that have been questioning everything the last couple of weeks, at least you can feel good about your offensive coordinator this week, your head coach this week, and most importantly, your quarterback. Because once again, he looked like the guy who is probably going to be a future MVP. And I know as a lot of Charger fans hope, a future Super Bowl winner. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Tomorrow's pretty open for us. If you guys want to get your voicemails in after a big win, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. Maybe we'll get into some of that, but we also have the Lockdown Chargers crossover this week with Luke Braun from Lockdown Vikings. That's something I'm looking forward to. To make sure you guys don't miss it, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places you can find a podcast, you can find the Lockdown Chargers podcast there. And thank you guys who are watching on YouTube. We appreciate it. Make sure you go to the bottom and subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube page. It's something we're growing, something that we've liked doing a lot so far. Make sure you guys check that out because I think we're having a lot of fun on there. But that is going to do it for today's show. You guys, until next time, can follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can find the show's page on our Instagram at LockdownChargers, our new LockdownChargers Instagram, and our LockdownChargers Facebook page. But make sure to check out again with us tomorrow, guys, for the latest on everything Chargers. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.